Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Severs and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us. Uh, Pastor Corey, it's good to be back with you. We missed a week uh, because we were we were apart. It was so sad. Uh, but we wanted to catch up and make sure that we covered the fourth chapter of the book of Jonah and finish out our series. So here we are to yeah. talk about Jonah again. Here we are. It's It's good to be back with you. Tim, uh, it's yeah, it's the final segment of our Jonah series. What did we have? Five, five segments, I think. Yeah, if you I look think it up right. uh, on our website, is it on our website or is it just it's just on the no, podcast? No, on Facebook and SoundCloud. Yes. Um, it may someday make an appearance there on the website. One but day, but the uh, sermons are on the website. So but the sermons aren't on yeah, the podcast. They're not on the podcast. We are not. We're not fully integrated yet. Not someday. One day. One day. All right. Um, but we're talking about Jonah four today, and it's the final chapter, the often overlooked chapter. Yeah, we even at the beginning of the series we talked about some children's books we pulled off the shelf and found no mention of anything that happens in the fourth chapter, and well, there's some important stuff in here. Yeah. And not just children's books, but I got into conversations with adults, you know, that are you know, fairly well educated, and they knew about Jonah and the fish, or Jonah and the whale, and they knew that it had, you know, the story had something to do with Jonah disobeying and Jonah going to a big city. But um, you know, I would bring up, well, what about the vine at the end, you know, and or. You know, Jonah's anger, displeasure at God, which we're going to talk about today in chapter 4. And there were some folks that had just were... Kind of looked at you funny, like, what are unaware, you talking about? <laughs> unaware of Jonah yeah. 4. Um, and so I encourage you, if you're out there and and you're hearing the, us talk about this or read some of Jonah 4, and you say, I don't remember that as well as the fish or as well as um, the first chapter where he goes the other direction, goes towards Tarshish. Uh, read read the book quickly for yourself, or at least read chapter four. Um, it's yeah. not that long. Yeah, and, and we could read and it, it here today, Tim. And it's I mean. been, you know, the fish, which is what we all remember, uh, or most of us remember, is only mentioned just briefly, just a couple of verses when, when it swallows Jonah and when it spits Jonah mm-hmm. out, pretty much. And uh, the rest of the book, though, is devoted to other. Uh, topics. For example, and, anger is mentioned yeah. more than the fish. Um, Jonah's hatred uh, for the Ninevites is a topic that's a bigger deal in the book than the fish. Uh, God's mercy, mercy yeah. towards the Ninevites and towards Jonah is a bigger deal. So if you don't associate mercy and hatred and anger and suicide with the book of Jonah, then you haven't really dived into it. Yeah. Um, if you only think of it as a, a miracle story about a fish, you are definitely missing the main point. Yeah, that is a a side point at yeah. best in the book of Jonah. It's it's an interesting device that God uses to save Jonah, but it is an act of God's mercy because this is a story of God being merciful to a uh, to a person who is not very merciful, Jonah. <laughs> Uh, That's such should, a nice, kind way to put it. Is it? I, I ex- <laughs> exceed uh, the niceness sometimes. Uh, no, not excel. Excel. That would, no. Anyway, uh, let's read Jonah 4. Okay, take it is away. Is that okay? Yeah. What version do you want me to read, Tim? We commonly use the ESV, but I, you know, I think it would be okay to read the, the New Living Translation. Okay, if that's what you want. 
yeah, it's not the most accurate translation for study. It's not, but it, it's got a good flow to it. Okay. Okay. Take it away. All right. right. Jonah chapter and, four. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, you want to set the scene, Tim? What happened at the end of chapter three? Do you remember? It's pretty easy. You three. know, it's kind of like act three. Uh, so at the end of chapter three, there was great revival in the land. There was right? great revival in the land and the Ninevites repented. The Ninevites and their cows uh, repented. And uh, Jonah and the king uh, the and king? the king, yeah, yep. king. The, there's yeah. repentance and a and a real turnaround in Nineveh, and uh, no destruction, no destruction that didn't happen. And then Jonah, though he leaves the city and he goes out to the outskirts to wait and see uh, and what's going of, to happen. That's where we um, pick and up the that's story. where yeah. we yeah okay pick up the story. Good, thank you, and we'll pick it up there. Uh, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. Well, we could keep... I should just read it because I'm going to talk Otherwise about everything. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained about it, complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plan, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry about such a great city? I actually don't like the way that one ends. Yeah, Do you? you like yeah. it to end on the I, I, I want to read also, ESV's yeah, yeah. ending because it is the way it ends in the Hebrew. Um, and should I not pity Nineveh? This is the last verse. Uh, should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their left hand from their right and also much cattle? And also much cattle. Full stop. End. Yeah. Okay. The end. Yeah. Jonah 4. So this debate... Uh, with God and 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 Jonah, and anger with Jonah towards towards God, towards God's mercy. Yeah, God's very yeah. character. Isn't that interesting that he's so? God's prophet Jonah, who, if he's 
you know, a follower of God, we would expect that he would be overjoyed if people who are sinning repent and turn toward God. That's, but these are outsiders, that, Tim. These are not God's people. These are, yeah. they, he's a well, prophet for God's people. These are, these are unwashed, unclean heathens, you know, from yeah, another land. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, but, you know, so. God didn't seem he, to care. Well, God did care. Yes. I know what you mean. Yes, he, 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 he's okay with the fact God, that they're You're saying that God doesn't, God's love doesn't stop at the boundaries of nations or ethnicity Ooh. or yeah. um, that, that God loves them even though they're not Israelites yeah. or if we can put it in our terms, Christians or churchgoers or, you know, that he, he is merciful to Americans. them. Yeah. yeah. He is not just slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love for his chosen people. Um, that is his nature. Um, and Jonah knew it, right? Yeah. That's what we yeah. find out in chapter that's four. That's kind of a reveal, right? Is yeah. that what we call it? Or, um, yeah. I love how he basically quotes God's words back to him mm. uh, as if God didn't know since it was he who said, who spoke those words to Moses back yes, in Exodus. It is very funny. It is incredibly. Uh, he funny. is quoting <laughs> old old Bible like Exodus. Yeah, yeah. To God, yeah. who is the main character in the Bible and in Exodus, and the telling one. him about himself. Yeah. and saying, "I knew this about you, and I hate it." <laughs> yes, it's just too much. It's like wow, wow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it would be funnier if we didn't do s- such things. But oh, uh, yeah. Um, but that's a, that's a. I think that's an important part of the story, though, because it shows that that Jonah does have an understanding of God's character, yeah. and he's not just some bigot that never understood the story of God or something. Right? Because because you kind of wonder. I mean, right. you look at how he behaves, and you're like, how is this guy even? How is he God's prophet? Right. <laughs> I mean, he messes up on so many different levels. But here he is quoting God's very words back to him. Um, and he's upset because God is, he knows that God is abounding in love and merciful and that he desires to turn away from his wrath. And, and like, that's a bad thing. And it's not. It, it, re- it reminds me, though, of like the religious leaders in Jesus' time. Jesus heals somebody that's... Um, crippled on the, yeah, Sabbath, on the Sabbath or blind men on Sabbath. And, right, yeah. And, you know, he's the creator of the Sabbath. Yeah. He's God. And they'll be like, what are you doing, doing this on the Sabbath, you yeah. sucker? They didn't say it like that, but, they, you know. What are you doing? And he's he's like, wait a second, guys. You would help an animal stuck in a pit on the Sabbath and I can't. Heal a I person. I can't heal a yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. What's the deal, guys? Are and you, then you you're get not that, getting it. And then you get that same then, kind yeah. of parallel with the, isn't the person worth more than... The cattle yeah. there, or in this instance, isn't the person with more than the plant? Yeah. And, and, Why should yeah. you value a plant? It's kind of, but you don't value cattle or people. or And and so in Jesus' time, he was coming up against this legalism of the religious people. And we see it in, in Jonah, too, uh, that um, we know better. Like taking the teachings of God and turning them into something that we control. And the church has done this over the centuries, or Christians, uh, not the true church, I guess you could say, but we've taken teachings like the Pharisees did and that were good, and then we twist them for our own use and we turn them into to our laws or whatever. And yeah. I think Jonah had 
done that. And he was trying to take God to school, just like the Pharisees were trying to take God to school. They were trying yeah. to, to school Jesus on the Son of God, on how he should actually act. Yeah. Yeah. And do we do that? That's the big question. Well... Can we do it? Or? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the... Does the, God the really expect us to give? Right, right, yeah. Does God really expect us to love enemy? Does God really Tell expect us to people. share the gospel? I'm, yeah. I've heard, had these... Ah, you know, I'm not really one of these Christians that believes we should share good news. I'm not one of these Christians that believes we should give. I've had I've heard all of these. Things. Yeah, yeah. I'm not one of these Christians that believes we should belong to the church. I am not one of, you know, all of those statements when we make them, you know, when I've made some of those statements or similar statements, it's I know better than God and God's word, what God has revealed to us. You know, um I'm I'm just like Adam and Eve in the garden saying I know I know what I can do and not do. God doesn't need to tell me. Uh, I'm just like Cain who killed his brother Abel thinking I know how to do it. I'm j- I, the stories go on and on throughout the Bible. Sure, sure. It's it's filled with examples of humanity saying we can go our own way. We've got yeah. this figured out and we are so broken. Yeah, and I, th- I think one of the things we should pay attention to as well is not – this wasn't just – this book isn't just about Jonah. It's right. also about the people of Israel. Israel. It's about God's yeah. people and how they had kind of turned away from um, the way that God had shown them to to live and yeah. behave and act. And, and so it's important for us as we look at the scripture not to look at it just as Jonah or as the individual. That's an important part of it. It's a very important part of it put yourself in the place of Jonah and consider all the questions around that. But also we need to put ourselves in the place of the people of Israel or so maybe that's as a church or as a country or some uh, larger group and, and, and consider what we're learning in relation to that as well. And what Tim is bringing up here is interpreting and applying it for the individual and also corporately as a group. And so for, for in Israel's day, just to draw out some of that for our present moment, um, Israel or the northern ten tribes that, that where Jonah was from, uh, under King Jeroboam II, they had uh, they had these two temples, false temples, right, where they yeah. had golden calves in them. They were um, that's a bad they thing. Were, they were <laughs> yes, but they also had so they they were they were worshiping. I guess you could say materialism, consumerism, mm, yeah. wealth. It, the golden calves represented that. They they were self-centered as a nation. They were violent against their brothers and sisters in uh, Judea. They um, they had unjust practices within. There was a lot of unhealthy, not just spirituality, but morality. And I think one leads to the other, yeah. right? When you're yeah. not when you're not centered truly on God and His mercy and His love. And you're, you shape your spirituality to be a, a spirituality that justifies your your wealth or your selfishness, you know, which I think American spirituality, there's what? forms of American spirituality <laughs> that just that just justify yeah. our, our immense wealth and selfishness. And that leads to all kinds of immorality. But then we justify our immorality like, well, it's okay for me it's to okay, treat yeah. people that way, you know, um, to treat my enemy that way or my political person I disagree with, I can treat him as a non-human or something, which seems like 
every side is doing that in the in the debates these days. But anyway, I think that's a good point. So how do you uh, uh, any big ahas? Because this is really the end of the book too. So corporate yeah. applications or from this chapter from the whole thing. Well, I think you know. I guess for me, uh, really focusing on God's mercy um, and that it's not. It's not just for me. It's for other people. And I should want other people to experience, benefit from, live under his mercy. Um, Jonah didn't want that for his enemies in Ninevites. So who are my enemies? And that's a question that I'm wrestling with. You know, we're, we're not, How do we, we answer that? We don't usually talk about, well, well, they're my enemy. But there right. are people that kind of rub us the wrong way right. or that we disagree with or... Uh, they're political, you know, in politics, this is huge, I think. And I, I don't think we can really ignore it. It's just that, you know, we talk about each other in ways that do not demonstrate the same compassion and, and love that God has for his people. And I'll, I'll just call out one. I, the way Christians talk about people of the Muslim religion is often very, uh, very much like how Jonah talked mm. about the Ninevites. Yeah. And and we might have a different theology and we want, we want to share with them about what we believe in Christ, but to 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 demean or talk of them as a group as evil and yeah. I see this a lot. Yeah. I think that's just that's not the heart of God. Yeah. Uh, did, well and that's evident you know, here because you know Jonah's got this real nationalism and we see this in our own country uh, today where, you know <laughs> um you know, where people, you know, it's all about America and America's best and America's got God's favor and blah, blah, blah or whatever. But, um, you know, you look at the situation in Jonah and God's caring for Israel's enemies uh, and, and and he's trying to teach the Israelites that, and Jonah that they need to have that same love in their heart. And, right. and this is very applicable to us today that we need to have God's heart for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the prophets on the whole, not just the minor prophets that Jonah's part of, but the major ones too, like Isaiah, you you see these themes over and over oh, yeah. again. This is not just Tim and I being liberal, if you think that, or progressive. This is a biblical theme. This is, if you're a conservative biblical Christian and you take the Bible seriously, and I, I put myself in that camp just so people know, you should believe that God wants groups of Christians, including nations that have large groups of Christians like the United States, to to be merciful to other groups, right? Not just lifting ourselves up or asking for God's blessing upon ourselves, yeah. but asking how can we be a blessing unto the nations? Yeah, and we have that in our DNA and in our history. Israel in the well, prophets, that was Israel's purpose right, was right, to right, be a blessing right. to and the nations. Isaiah, read Isaiah, the, the, yeah. one of the great major prophets, just reminding them, hitting them on this message over and over again. We're supposed to be a blessing to the nations, to all yeah, peoples. Yeah. And then when he starts preaching about the coming Messiah, that the Messiah is going to be, it's going to bring salvation for all peoples. Yeah. Uh, and and that is the the mission of the church is it's good news for for all people, for all nations. Now, I'm not preaching a message of automatic universal salvation, but no, what I am yeah. saying is God does love all people, and we yes. aren't we aren't the judge. We are yes. we are an yeah. extension of His mercy and love, and and um, we get off on uh, we get off track. We get off track, yeah. and we be we play the role of judge, and we decide. You know, who's clean and who's not. That's what the Pharisees did, but we do it too. Who's saved and who's not. You know, get really judgmental. But that's not what Jesus 
called us to do, um, I think. So this book of Jonah opens up a whole well, can of how, stuff. Uh, it? You know, and, and connecting it to Jesus and just, you know, we often quote the, the John 3.16 uh, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life or everlasting life. But that very next verse, I mean, it really goes hand in hand with it. says, God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Right. A- and God's desire is to save the world and to bring mercy to the world. Um, and we need to have that same desire in our heart. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and our actions. And really, yeah, so this book challenges us, do I do I want to live a life that's filled with God's mercy, becoming more like God? And if I have a problem with anger, Lord, help me to be slow to anger. Help me to be like you, to abound in steadfast, steadfast love, love yeah. and, and to not want disaster for people who, even people who cause disaster to us. Because yeah, that, that's, that's what the Ninevites did, yeah. you know. And I look at our response to 9-11. One of the things I grieve about that um, is that we as a nation were in grief and something terrible did happen to us. But did we really take time to grieve as a nation, or did we? We launched into some things out of our grief that, uh, including a very long war in Afghanistan, and and this is not against people who've served there or anything, but but was that was that the righteous thing to do? I I know a lot of conservative Christians now have asked that question, but at the time, we all thought it was the righteous thing to do. Um, a lot of a lot more people have died than the people who died on 9-11 yeah. because of that. Uh, yeah. Many of our soldiers, many innocent civilians, uh, and many combatants of the other side. And what if we had launched a different kind of campaign? Mm-hmm. Now, we could have maybe still done some surgical strikes or something. I don't know. But And I didn't expect to talk about that. I know that's a controversial subject. But my point being that we... Um, when difficult things happen, will we strike out in anger? Mm. Uh, whether it's a, on a big national level, like a terrible thing like 9-11, or within our family, will we strike out in anger? Or will we go to God and ask God to help us to be merciful, uh, help us to uh, t- to restrain our anger and not want disaster for others? Yeah. Um, Jonah really struggles in this book, but I think we really struggle too. Yeah. And I think we as a culture have been struggling. And when we... When we invest in the ways of anger, when we turn away from mercy, it, it leads to death. It leads to death. But God leads to life. Um, yeah. Anyway. Amen. If you had any questions about any of that stuff or you think my opinions are controversial, these don't re- represent the opinions of Tim Seavers or Police Federated Church. But <laughs> but they're things we need to think about. Yeah. Folks. So, anyway, we better wrap yeah, up. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our Hilltop studio in the rolling hills of Palouse, Washington. Wishing you a blessed day.